Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue to march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. New year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers for available for 2022. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of the Believe in Clippers podcast right here on the Believe Podcast Network. Jesse Cass and Alex Acker back with you here as the Clippers back to 500. The comeback clips, the cardiac clips, whatever you want to call them, they have been amazing in this roller coaster stretch that they've been playing, uh, coming back from some crazy deficits. We'll definitely get into that. But first, uh, let's bring in Alex Acker. Alex, uh, good to be back with you here on the pod. I appreciate it. I appreciate it, man. It's been a minute since we've been locked in, but we're back, baby. Yeah, and what a couple of weeks it's been for the Clippers, who, uh, you know, no stranger to dealing with a lot of injuries and just different challenges, but um, this kind of ragtag group of, of the second unit of the backups, whatever you want to call it, just the role players essentially being elevated to starters along with, with some of the usual guys uh, and really coming through with, as we mentioned, just some heart pumping, heart stopping comebacks. Uh, three comebacks of over 24 points. They came back a couple weeks back, down 25 against the Nuggets to win, then down 24 against the Sixers on the road, and then the 35 point comeback against the Wizards the other night. And they followed it up uh, with a back to back win over the Magic last night, where they were down only 14. But um, all these comebacks have just been incredible to see. Uh, and it really just shows. You know, obviously the Clippers showed this identity last year, but just how much things have turned from a couple years ago where they've gone from a team that used to blow a fair amount of leads to now this incredible comeback group. It's It's been wild to see. No, for sure. I remember I just sent you a meme on Instagram just now. He was like, nah, that was last year. <laughs> about the Clippers State. But, um, no, nah, it's crazy because um, – these teams that they're playing against are hungry. They they, they they got something to prove as well, too, and they're playing on the road. To be down that much in a league and come back 24 points, that's crazy, especially in the 76ers. You know, you would think they would actually put it away. But um, like I said before, before we got on this podcast, I would think it's kind of hard to actually pinpoint who's going to step up, you know, as, a, as the defenders playing against them you know what, what what would you think about that not having a key you know star on the team to actually pinpoint and lock down on them. you got a lot of random guys out here that is just actually hoping and collectively playing together yeah i mean i think it definitely from the opponent standpoint of maybe trying to game plan for a team where 
you don't know there's not that specific star like you said and you don't know specifically who night to night is going to be the guy that kind of takes over and steps up so that i'm sure from the other side is is tough to game plan for and, and from the clipper side of things it's you know everyone trusts each other even in a game against the wizards obviously you get down a crazy amount 35 points you know tyron Lou, he benches the starters he goes with the, the group that's working and you see the starters on the bench you know, celebrating their teammates and being incredibly engaged on the bench, even when they had been struggling and not playing well. And I think that's all, all part of it too. It's a group that, that really loves each other and plays hard for each other. And they're unselfish in that way where if someone has it going, they're going to move the basketball. They're going to play that Ty Lue style where, you know, they move it around, they get the open shooter. Um, so they play the right way and you throw in the other side of it with you know, you never know who, who it's going to be on a given night. I think that that is, you know, that's led to some of the success for the Clippers where uh, they do things the right way and just continue to, to, to battle even when they're down. No question, for sure. And it comes down to to just winning games, you know what I mean? And they're, they're, they're collectively locked in in sync. They just want to win games. Um, like you said, the starters, they came off the, off the game. They didn't have the legs. And uh, cheering these guys on, that's something awesome, you know what I mean, that knowing that, hey, I'm not going to be bitter or sad or anything like that. Let's get it done. Whoever's actually rocking, let's go. You know, we're going to cheer them on from the side. I I like that approach. And it's the confidence that Tyron Lue has in him. I, I'm really curious to knowing what he said to these guys to get them fired up and getting them believing that they can actually win these games when they're down a huge deficit like that on the road. Yeah, and it's obviously something that, as we said, has happened multiple times. And I think you know, even at that point, once you get it done once, twice, three times where you're coming back from these deficits, you never really yeah. feel like you're out of a game. And there's, the, you know, there's the quote uh, in that Wizards game where they're down 30 at the half or Reggie Jackson, you know, half jokingly saying, you know, we got them right where we want them. But it just kind of it kind of encapsulates even when they're down, you know, the team might might be struggling, even if they might not necessarily think, hey, can we come back from down 30? They still have you know, that lighthearted belief, like, let's just go out there and battle and see what happens. And, and you know, once yeah. they get themselves back in the ball game, then that belief just continues to grow and grow. And I think we continue to see that uh, from game to game with this group. It's amazing. It is. Yeah. And one thing, another thing that's amazing, too, you, you know, because it is a group without, clear, you know, the clear two best players we've even seen, of course, Marcus Morris out for these past couple of games as well. So, that's, you know, arguably maybe your top three or three of your top four most talented offensive players not available. Um, you know, the offense at times has struggled. You know, the offense at times has put up some ugly numbers. But when they get in these late-game situations, despite having an offense ranked lower in the league, in clutch situations, they're second in the entire NBA. So when they get into these close games and when they go down the stretch, I think that's part of it too. They've got, as you said, that identity, that confidence where – when the game is close within the last five minutes, they get good shots and they end up, as we said, doing it with incredible e efficiency and closing out games. Yeah, for sure. You know, and I was thinking about that too. It's, it's great to, to figure out who's going to come down and, you know, make a clutch um, shot for them, you know what I mean, to, to give them that momentum to carry on. And uh, you got guys that's in the, you know, on the wings that can actually put it on the floor. Uh, from T-Man, who's not scared of getting into the key, drawing fouls, you know, the boom is, has always been a threat, you know, from the outside. And uh, you got guys that are banging, like um, Zubox, who's actually 
doing a hell of a job, just staying solid, you know. So um, the collective unit, I would think that um, they, they're playing, you know, I would say so much not with Kawhi. <laughs> and they're familiar with that, you know, with Paul George. He playing out of this world from the beginning. We talked about that, too. Um, how great he was playing to get into his spots and, you know, just to see that huge piece that's missing and they're still picking back to go 50% is pretty amazing. Yeah, and, uh, you know, as we said, obviously, it's, it's always by committee when you have a group like this that is missing so many pieces, but uh, someone we were talking about before the show and who's starting to get more and more attention, um, you know, flying under the radar just because maybe not everyone is paying attention you know, to the Clippers with their stars out, but Amir Coffey with, with what he's done not this entire season, but you look at the last 10 games in particular where 15 points a game, a little over four rebounds, over three assists, over a steal, shooting almost 50%. He's, you know, 50, 40, 90 numbers that he's putting up, so he's hitting the three. As we said, he's facilitating, he's rebounding, he's really doing it all. And for someone who is playing on a two-way contract, it's he's someone who's not only showing his value as a full-time player, but when you think about eventually when this roster is at full strength with Paul George and Kawhi, this is a guy yeah. who could really be part of a heavy minutes, you know, closing type player with what he's done on the wing when you think of him alongside those guys. So, you know, the evolution of Amir Coffey has been incredible and seeing what he's done is, is just such a huge positive and plus for the Clippers, not only right now, but going forward. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we had Spurs when we were in the bubble with Zubac, and he was doing exceptional well. And T-Man, you know, coming to his own as well. Now we're seeing Coffee you know, blossom into a huge threat that, you know, the coach got to look forward to. Even when Paul George comes back, got to find, you know, a spot for him and minutes for him to play, you know. Um, 34 minutes, 19 points is pretty phenomenal. Um, shooting the ball exceptionally well, so... <laughs> it goes hand in hand, you know, and I think that anybody can play with Paul George for sure because he's 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 a facilitator. He's a threat on on and off the court. I mean, just <laughs> coming into the game, checking in, you know, he's a threat <laughs> from there. But um, I think uh, I love Coffee's game, and he's not backing down. It doesn't matter if he's a two way player, or not four four for sure. Yeah, and it, it, as we said, I mean, you highlighted it there a little bit with just talking about some of the other players that have developed, but you clearly give, you know, obviously the most credit to Amir Coffey himself for putting in the work, but you think about, you know, the Clippers and this coaching staff and the ability to develop players, which is something we talked about, you know, last yes. year when they made when they made the coaching change, and, and that would be something important for the team, and you kind of see the immediate payoff, like you said, with what Terrence Mann did in the playoffs last year, and you know, his continued progression, obviously coffee and what we're talking about now, but uh, it's something that is noticeable for this team. Uh, and, and clearly for coffee, uh, you know, you're so happy for him, for someone who's still without that first big payday yet. He's going to get that at some point soon. Uh, and, and in a league where wing play is so valuable, you know, they always talk about the three and D guy for the Clippers to seemingly just pull one out of their hat again. <laughs> we saw it with Man. Now we see it again with Coffee. As said, these are guys that can potentially close playoff games. When you talk about playing with multiple wings on the floor who can defend and shoot the ball, uh, it's just such a huge boost for the Clippers going forward if they're able to, to keep Coffee keep Coffee down the line. For sure, and this goes with experience. You know, the more more thick that he gets on the court, um, he's a sponge. He's gonna pick it up really fast. You know, and to have 
guys that play at his level at a high level, like Paul George and his ear, just you know, and the one thing that you said that the Clippers were always knowing that they're good at developing, you know, from the coaching staff on. So um they they pretty pretty much check all boxes as far as who they want because they have to be a sponge to understand it. We want you to be this player. We see this value in you, and we're going to give you the freedom to actually roam and find your own in this in this league. You know, and call that for sure. Yeah. So coffee uh, has been hot. As <laughs> we've heard all the coffee puns from the great Brian Seaman on the Clippers broadcast, but uh, yeah, coffee has been uh, has been leading the team uh, in a lot of ways recently. Uh, you know, we've seen. You can go down the line. Obviously, Reggie Jackson had some of his struggles this year with shooting numbers, but he seems to be finding his his groove again. And then, you know, Luke Kennard, who of course had the the game winning four point play and the the seven points in the final nine seconds of that that Wizards game. But we're seeing him now start to regularly, you know, score in the high teens, score in the twenties. He had twenty five in that Wizards game where, you know, he got that contract. Some people you know made comments early on, but he's clearly kind of found his his niche and his role with this team, averaging over twelve points now. He's you know, at the very top of the league in three-point shooting. So so clearly, you know, when they made that trade uh, and brought him in, this is kind of what they envisioned. And we're seeing, you know, the best version of Luke Kennard. And, and it's a great thing to see for the Clippers as well. Yeah, it is for sure. I think Kennard, we, we were skeptical on him. Like, man, he, but he was playing amazing, you know, in Detroit. I'm not going to lie. I, I was a fan of him. Um, just his, his tenacity of just being a, a straight threat and, bringing it now for sure this is his his year to actually you know take over at 24 25 points a game this is something that we don't you know we don't take lightly we're, we're, we're expecting this of him especially at that big contract that he just signed man, for sure <laughs> yeah no no question about it and clearly living up to those numbers and and putting in putting any concerns that they may have been to rest and and helping the Clippers to, to be where they're at now. As you mentioned, they're you know, back at 500, 25 and 25. You know, if you come into the season and say that, you know, that is not where you want to be. But you throw in all the factors that we've, we've talked about throughout the year. Of course, Kawhi not having played this year. Paul George having played, you know, about half the time. Marcus Morris missing a lot of time. Batum, you kind of go down the line. But, yeah. uh, you know, where would you evaluate 25 and 25 right now? sitting in the in the eighth spot in the western conference just where the clippers are and and you know going forward uh you know they got three more games on this road trip they do have a tough schedule than that the last you know two plus months of the season so just where you see where they're at now and going forward man i i, I definitely gotta say that the west coast is is no punk you know what i mean as far as the competitive uh side of these guys that are they're coming up and playing against so um you know, I, I see them actually making playoffs. That's no question about that for sure. Um, I think these next couple of games, if they got something in the tank, they can continue this. You know, I don't think they can actually keep getting down by these <laughs> huge double digits and trying to come back every single time. You know, that's that's something that I think they always lack as far as like the, the, the start of the games mm-hmm. and starting something like that. So... Once they actually pick that up and find that niche of getting after it from the jump, um, yeah, they're going to be right there with, you know what I mean, always above 50, I would think so, for sure. Yeah, it, 
and uh, you know one thing that that drew a lot of attention this week was uh you know an interview nick batum did in france where you know he mentioned that you know obviously the timetables are still up in the air but you know hopeful that both Kawhi leonard and paul george could maybe get back you know sometime late february early march around that time frame um you know for you obviously we mentioned the clippers are at 500 they look like they're a pretty good bet for at least that play-in section from seven to ten. They could potentially, you know, get higher up than that. But, um, you know, if you're running the team or if you're on that coaching staff, uh, what's your mindset? Because obviously you want those guys on the floor, but you also want to be careful and not rush them back coming off big injuries sure. and you know big time injuries, especially in Kawhi's case. But, um, you know, with the West seemingly being pretty open, there is that avenue that hey, if you're healthy you still might be a championship contender. So so how do you gauge that uh, and balance that when, when trying to decide whether to bring these guys back or, you know, see if you need to hold off and wait till next season? Man, it's crazy because as a coaching standpoint, you really can't slow down the train, you know what I mean, and wait for these guys. These guys got to catch up to the momentum that we got going on. And um, it's, a, it's a trippy thing where, you know, the coaches got to really bank on – the, the eyes and ears of the training staff, you know, and really not so much the, the player from that standpoint because, you know, every single player wants to get out there and compete, you know, and yeah. play it at all. Paul George's shoulder is something serious, you know, so you got to take that serious. And um, But for the most part, you got to just drill the heck out of young guys and letting them know that I'm putting my trust all in you guys get us there, you know, as far as you can take us. And if these guys are able to jump on the train and actually move forward and push the needle up, then for sure it's going to be a blessing thing. But for right now, you got to go with that. And um, that's going to be the easiest thing, I would say. Yeah, and, and it clearly changes, you know, the, the outlook of the postseason, obviously. Like we said, if you have, you know, two of the top 10, top 12 best players in the entire league come back into your team, uh, then you feel like you have a real shot at the championship versus, you know, if you're just, you know, a group of very good, but you may, you know, maybe overachieving role players, then obviously your ceiling is a little bit more limited. But uh, yeah, no, it, it all obviously depends on, you know, the, the actual health of these guys, like you said, and what the training staff is saying, where, you know, Kawhi Leonard has always been, you know, very patient and very careful with his health. And you want to make sure that, you know, coming off an ACL that he's, he's, beyond 100% when he comes back. And the same goes for Paul George and that elbow where, you know, they're trying to, you know, kind of wait and see uh, if he can avoid, you know, any surgery on that elbow. And, you know, if he feels good enough, or if there's no real risk of, of really aggravating it, then then obviously, as you said, if, if those guys are healthy and 100%, getting them back would, would completely change the ceiling and, and the potential outlook of the whole year. No, it definitely would, for sure. I said shoulder. I meant elbow. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. He has had multiple shoulder surgeries as well, so it's uh, it's not too far off. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, circling back to to the development because I know that you obviously you you played in the NBA. You're doing coaching work now. Uh, just from your perspective, of someone who works with players day to day, you know, what are some of the things that you've seen for? For the guys that we've we mentioned before who, who are developing well, you know, a lot of these players on the wing, whether it be, you know, Coffee or Man or even some of the more veteran players like like Reggie Jackson and Nick Batum and just kind of, you know, improving or expanding upon their games as they continue to play throughout the year. 
No, I think I think it 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 goes a lot towards the video, you know, photographer, as far as showing the the, the images of, you know, basketball standpoint is the visual game, you know. So they're actually picking their spots a lot more easier, and they're they're getting to their spots a lot more easier with the consistency of knowing when they're going to be a threat. You know what I mean? And, and how the defense is closing, playing. So um, I got to give a lot of credit to. The um, the photographers and the editing and the film stuff and backstage because that's all that you have as an 82 game season. Um, you would want to put a lot more um, emphasis on you know the physical standpoint and, and playing a lot one on one pick up, but it's no time to do that. So it drills a lot in just the memory bank of actually watching the game and seeing and breaking down film. So these guys are really. You can honestly say like they're really like homing in on on watching film and locking down. I can actually see it for sure. Yeah, and another thing I was curious about, obviously, you know, touching on those things as well. Like I said, your playing experience and your coaching experience. Uh, mentioned the Clippers are on their longest road trip of the year right now. It's an eight-game trip. You know that Grammy trip that happens out for for the LA teams. Uh, three, they're you know now three and two on this road trip so far. Uh, you know, more than halfway through, they got three more games left. Uh, either when you coach or when you're a player, for road trips like that, how do you approach that? Where you know, do you go in um, thinking, "Hey, we just got to go four and four, or five and three to have it be a successful trip"? Or are you, you know, kind of just taking it day by day? How do you approach those super long trips and, and kind of go with the with the ebbs and flows of you know something that long? Man, that's a good question. <laughs> I've been there too. It's a, it's a um hiring thing just the traveling alone you know and some people don't understand that standpoint of going to hotel and hotel not your not your bed and not your comfort zone and different way you know your actual environment so um but that's no excuse at all uh, you guys are, are professional athletes um you know they just gotta get yeah they gotta actually that trainer that's giving them that extra therapy and stuff and it's more so to the off the court than they and just you know making sure they get extra preparation weight room session you know if they can and sales um which are huge and vital you know keeping the body shape i mean sharp and uh the mind fresh and rest you know i think that's the hugest thing and praying that you know if you're all you can ask for guys are ready to play and um you know sharp-minded and uh getting off their feet as much as possible not walking around yeah as you know any i think anyone can can kind of you know relate to at least like you said just the travel portion alone where you know bouncing yeah. around from city to city you're gonna feel naturally a little drained from that let alone having to you know play a professional basketball game and play 40 minutes of basketball uh, and then bounce around and practice and watch film and, and do all of those other things. So, uh, you know, there's so much that goes into it. And, and obviously for for the Clippers, as you mentioned, to to start this trip, you know, three and two, where, you know, the, the beginning of the trip, they almost win a thrilling overtime game against Denver. They go right down to the wire in that one. Then we mentioned the comeback wins, obviously having pulled off that Washington game and then coming back the next night. Um, on a back-to-back and winning, you know, granted against an Orlando team that, that has really struggled this year. But, you know, those are things that are, are indicative of, of a group that, 
despite, as we mentioned, all their injuries, you know, that that's the sign of a team that's starting to hopefully find its form and continue to build winning streaks. But but obviously a confident uh, and, you know, really tough group that they've been battling and doing this on the road. They believe, man. Yeah, they believe. <laughs> you know, and the key thing, too, that I definitely got to say is on the road is where you get on from the team, you know. Uh, you know, Paul George is a huge figure. He brings his team on the boats. I mean, and they do things collectively and building that trust and that bond, which is huge. You know? So sometimes the road trip is real vital and huge to um, the camaraderie that's needed, you know. No, no doubt. Think- and you, you could see it like I, the Clippers, you know, on their social media posting, you know, obviously celebrating comeback wins. Any team is going to do that. But, you know, Reggie Jackson, you know, hyping up his teammates, you know, holding yeah. a, a fan sign that they made for Kennard and just – you know, those little things where you can tell the guys really enjoy being around each other. You know, Reggie in the game after Philadelphia talking about, you know, just the importance of Nick Batum and how he feels like he's the best glue guy in the league and best role player type player in the league. You know, just that confidence and trust in each other is really apparent for this group. You know, you you, you definitely see other, other teams where that's not the case. So when you have a group that, that plays for each other and, and really loves playing together, you know, it's really noticeable. Don't say no names, but I know what you're talking about. <laughs> no, there are multi- there are multiple ones, but but yeah, it's a uh, it can happen is is what <laughs> is what what can be said. Not the LA team, but I'm not going to say that. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it, it it is a long season, and you know it as we said, not all groups uh, work as well together, but um, but you know so far so good for this group, and hopefully, like we said, health wise down the line they can. Uh, get whole at some point because that would make things really really interesting um you know but going forward as we talked about um getting close to february now trade deadline all-star break all of those things uh you know for the clippers it doesn't seem like there's a ton of moves to make trade deadline wise although we've seen them make moves you know pretty much every time at the deadline um if they did make some kind of move it would feel like it would have to be on the fringes or with, you know, maybe a veteran like Sergi Baca who's not playing a ton or, you know, we've heard Marcus's Morris name thrown out there just because he's obviously a valued type guy where maybe you could get something back. But uh, do you see them doing anything at the deadline or, or standing pat or, or what, what would you think uh, would be the move for the Clippers going, getting into the trade deadline? I mean, they're going to always be by the phone if anything happens, you know, and I don't think they're going to be reaching out and, and trying to actually collectively get something or a key piece to mess up the chemistry that this team has for sure. But there are some guys that are free agents, you know what I mean, They're that are waiting to be picked up. You know, you got, you know, it's my big son of the point guard from uh, 76ers. <clears throat> They're struggling right now. I can't, you know, get on the team. Oh, Ben Simmons. <laughs> Simmons, yeah. Um, John Wall, you know, he's not playing at all, so... There are some key pieces out there right now, and it just kind of depends on, you know, our key star players. When's the time frame for them being eligible to play? Yeah, no, that's that's the big thing, right? And and like you said, I don't think because the team does have a lot of depth and they have been playing really well, doesn't mean they can't add someone else. But I think if they do make a move, it might be you know to open up more space. Like we said, Coffee's still on a two way contract where. You know, it's like, hey, we love obviously Sergi Bach and what he's done, but because you have, you know, Hartenstein now kind of taking that backup role, maybe you can get, you know, a valuable draft pick 
or something like that for Ibaka and open up a roster spot. You know, those are the types of moves that I see them, you know, potentially being most open to. But as you said, they're going to be by the phones and, and you never know kind of what opportunity will present itself when, you know, going a few weeks forward, if a couple teams fall out of a playoff race or if they feel like things aren't going their way, maybe they're looking to make a deal where you can kind of pry someone valuable away uh, from one of those teams. So it's always it's always interesting to to see what happens down to you know the final seconds of a, of a trade deadline. No, for sure, for sure. What do you think that was probably be missing though? Like a point guard position wise, what do you think that that this needs to be impactful more? I would say the center. Yeah, you know it, it's really interesting because I don't necessarily think like I said when they're healthy that's always the big asterisk right I think I don't think there's much missing you know I think they're kind of covered in all areas now you know which one could they probably get a little bit better at maybe it's uh you know maybe it's the the point guard area but I feel like that discussion you know has come and gone where we know that when they're healthy you know they have so many playmakers that can can handle where you don't necessarily need the true traditional point guard. You know, we've seen Reggie, obviously, even through some of his struggles in the regular season, he had such an incredible playoffs that I think you feel comfortable with him in that point guard slot when you have, you know, the other stars yeah. alongside him. And and similarly, you know, Eric Bledsoe, you know, despite his past playoff struggles, you know, he's been very good for them in his bench role since moving to the bench. Uh, you know, he's not yeah. required to do as much on this team, but he can still you know, provide a spark. So I think, you know, he helps you out from that point guard spot as well. And then, you know, on the wings, you have, of course, Kawhi and PG when they're healthy, but, you know, even Mann, Kennard, Coffee, you know, they're kind of, they're deep on the wings as well. You know, Batum, Morris can play big or small. And then centers, you're kind of, you have good depth there too with Zubats and Hartenstein and, and Ibaka. So I think they're very deep. I think they're really good, kind of covered in all those areas. And really, you know, it, you know, the waiting game isn't necessarily fun, but I think, you know, obviously the two best people to add uh, to that group are Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. So it's just kind of kind of waiting on, on those superstars to, to get healthy. And then you're, you know, you're really adding what you need at that point. No, for sure. Because those two guys, um, it, it, the team is built around them for sure. Yeah. You know, you got Offie and Batum, they're meant to play with, you know, these key players, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be just a, a, a fitting jigsaw puzzle when these dudes get back, and it's going to be, you know, awesome. Reggie Jackson plays off these guys very well, and the energy, for sure, you know. So there's no animosity on this team or bigotry or anything from that standpoint. Um, alluding to what we said in the beginning, these guys welcome, you know, uh, extra extra pieces to actually get the job done and so I think it's going to be awesome when it does happen hopefully it will happen this year we will see a glimpse of you know Kawhi stepping on the court but who knows how long you know from that standpoint of um, him playing you know a full <laughs> he'd be playing 40 minutes every single game you know so yeah know yeah the we- easing process and, and getting him back and any minute restriction type thing when you first come back will obviously be you know something to monitor for for him in particular, but uh, but yeah, no, it's it's one of those things where you know it's going to happen eventually, but uh, it's just a matter of when. But when it does, you know, I think kind of what we're you were just asking about it, it makes that prospect really exciting because it is a really versatile team, and you can have 
so many different looks. And I know we talked about that last year, and it obviously helped them tremendously in the playoffs where you can play small, you can play big. Uh, you know, now with the emergence of coffee and having man, you, you know, you could have a lineup of five, you know, six, seven to six, nine wing players where, you know, you're a super defensive team that can have three point shooters all over the floor. You know, those are options for them when they are healthy. And I think, you know, that's the most exciting thing where, you know, they can play a couple point guards, they can play a couple wings, they can play multiple bigs um, and kind of be successful depending on the matchup in, in, in any of those styles. Yeah, on both ends of the floor too, offense and mostly defense. We got guys that that lock down and play defense. So Patoon, Manny, you know, Zubox is a, a banger down there too as well. Coffee, long arms is a threat. Paul George loves defense and guarding the best man. So we don't back down from that standpoint either too. So yeah, it no, is going to be. That that's a great point, and I think that's probably the the thing you know, we can highlight more as well where, uh, you know, we've talked a lot about, you know, the offensive look and, and some of these comebacks, but, you know, the real thing that has kept the Clippers, uh, you know, to be in this playoff race and be where they're at this season has been their defense. Cause the offense, as we mentioned and the clutch has been good, but overall has not been great this year due to, you know, missing so many pieces, but defensively they've been one of the better defensive teams in the league. And, you know, with all the pieces they're missing, that's that might be the most impressive thing with just how elite they've been defensively. And, and obviously, again, what you can add to that when, when other guys come back. Definitely. All right. So Clippers at 500. They said they got three games left on the road trip. Miami, Charlotte, and Indiana. So we'll see if they can continue to... To finish out the trip strong, what's already been a, a great start to the road trip for the Clips. Um, Alex, we appreciate your time as always, and we'll be back again to break down more Clipper basketball very soon. Let's go. So that's it for this week's edition of the Believe in Clippers podcast. As always, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple or wherever you find your podcast. We're available everywhere, including Believe.com, where you can find the show page and all of those links. So. Again, a thanks to Alex Acker. A thanks to you guys for for tuning in. Right here on the Believe Podcast Network, LA's number one sports podcast network and the only place for the show for every team in LA and more. We believe in our LA teams. Do you believe? Go Clips in this episode presented by Bet Online. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.